Welcome to the VoxGig Developer Relations Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Roger. I speak to people in the software development community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. I'm the CEO of VoxGig, a software consultancy that builds DevRel tools. Because we believe in the power of community, we host a monthly virtual online meetup for everyone in developer relations. Check out devrelmeetup.com. And visit voxgig.com to view our work, use our tools, and sign up for our newsletter. Okay. Please sit back and enjoy my fireside chat with today's guest. Let's talk to Connor O'Neill, who works at Axonista as Director of Product and Engineering. Axonista provides an interactive video CMS. We talk about how important it is for companies to signal that they are developer-friendly. Developers notice if you're doing developer relations, and they notice if you're not. We also talk about hiring for DevRel, because a developer advocate has to have such a wide range of skills. It's much more difficult than hiring a competent full-stack developer. DevRel is always a team effort. Finally, we touch on the potential for AI to help improve documentation. It feels like something wonderful could happen, but we're not quite there yet. All right, let's talk to Connor. Connor, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fireside Box Gig Podcast. It's good to have you on. We are going to talk a little bit about the state of developer relations, all the horrible mistakes people are making. Companies, that is, not developer developer advocates, because we're never wrong. Never make mistakes. Never wrong. Uh, But why don't we start with, um, just give us a little intro to who you are working for at the moment. Yeah, um, so I'm running product and engineering in an Irish company called Axonista. We've been around for a very long time. I've only been with the company about a year, a little bit over a year. Um, It's very interesting what it does. It's, It's one of those kind of um ex- extremely niche things that is you know <laughs> very needed which is it's a, an interactive video cms um mostly for streaming services but anybody doing anything with video um and it's not really focused on um the video itself or you know streaming or any or the, the actual kind of uh, video streams it's really about the metadata and everything to do with video whether that's the you know the descriptions all the metadata everything you need to actually power sort of the back end of a of a streaming service i'm guessing there's an api and all that sort of stuff so actually this is there's 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 two sets of apis because you know one thing you don't want to be doing if you're running a streaming service is doing all of this stuff manually so you've kind of got in ingest apis pulling all this content in from wherever um and then another set of apis for the apps to like pull it back out again and show you your nice whatever streaming service it is that you're actually you know watching those. one of the reasons i dragged you onto this podcast is uh you've done everything right so so what it was now like this is the head of engineering you've done developer relations you've done product but um yeah after engineering manager so whole engineer. thing, yeah. <laughs> uh well let's talk about let, let's let's get back to it because um it is the the topic of 2023 uh unfortunately we've seen a lot of people cut back on developer relations. Yes. And as developers, uh, well, whatever about the challenge of people losing their jobs and all that sort of stuff, but simply as developers who use APIs, if I look at a company that's cut back on developer relations, it doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling about that company. No, it, 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 I think it makes you think twice. And, and 
actually in a in a positive way the ones who are doubling down are the ones you actually pay more attention to it yeah it's a real okay yeah it's it's a real kind of guerrilla tactic right now it's like yeah. oh okay this company because i notice it but this company is hiring devrel this company is sponsoring new stuff yeah and i mean how much does one developer ever cost you know <laughs> And, and when you think about all the things, and this is for, for me, when you think about all the things DevRels do, um, like we, and actually to give you the counter of like, and so a lot of people, you know, lost their jobs. And, and we were, uh, as we were say, saying earlier, we think a lot of them changed careers. So about six months ago, we went to actually hire DevRel for ourselves and we really struggled. Um, and, you know, when, when you actually, Write up the job spec for DevRel. This isn't this isn't you know <laughs> doing the odd podcast or whatever. There's just so much to it. Everything yeah, from I know. APIs, the docs, the, the just community getting the setting community up a going. booth, right? Organizing pizza deliveries, just but yeah, yeah. but it's, I mean, all it's, these it's from the, the the lightest of lights to the heaviest of heavy yeah. in terms of the work you yeah. do, and being able to juggle all of that, like. The, the really good DevRels that you see, I mean, it's 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 a joy watching them in action and how they sometimes single-handedly can can drive the, the profile of a business forward. So it's always... Well, some of the best startups, you know, the, the, the founders were effectively developer advocates right at the start, right? Like Stripe famously had source code on the homepage, which they don't anymore, right? They don't, and I believe they've... They're shedding developer advocates as well yeah. now, which is quite a pity. Yeah, it gives you a certain sense of nervousness. I think, and we were saying as well that the problem is this old saw of measurement, right? It's so hard to demonstrate your value in this game. And yet, it's definitely there, right? If you know it, you know it. Um, and I and I think that's maybe it's maybe it's because we've been around for so long, Richard. Um, Don't say it. <laughs> with our guts, with our guts, you know when you land on a on a product, like a developer centric product, and what they have, and you go, "There's clearly a DevRel here knows what they're doing and is just doing an an amazing job." And it's not like they're doing amazing tweets or they're getting on the front page of. Hacker news or whatever. They're just, it's the overall package. You can just see, you can see the kind of the, the intelligence behind it versus the, hey, look, we got some docs and there is an API with, you know, a list of endpoints. Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you've, I've, one of the things we do is build SDKs and APIs for people, but inevitably that ends up with us building the core functionality of people's systems as well which means integrating with third-party apis um and we built a couple of consumer apps recently where we ended up i think one of them we had about 15 or 16 different integrations mostly on consumer services and the difference in quality of the api documentation the difference in quality of the i suppose developer coziness it's quite astounding right um yeah and i definitely had a hand in steering people towards developer friendly apis because of course that's what i want to work with right have they got actually got an sdk or is it you know oh you're gonna have to do you know <laughs> oh, well, it's to yourself good luck <laughs> don't tell that that yeah. so that's the, the, my, the, my biggest book bear i think and i i 
I, I don't know if we if we refer to individual companies, but I, I used one recently where it's the opposite. It was like, oh, here I'm gonna have to go and do. Oh no, I don't. You know, here's the key, here's this, here's the token, bam, you're in business. Like five minutes after you sign up on the site. And I think that's that feeling of these yeah. people are, are clearly using this themselves and are, you know, have felt the pain and have, you know, figured it out. And they're, they're they want you, um, they want you productive within minutes. And that like, as a, as a target, as as an actual some, you know, we talk about metrics as a metric. That's a phenomenal one for me. That I'm I'm productive versus the, and I will pick on them because they're a gigantic company. The oh, I think I'll use that Google product. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Pain, <laughs> oh, pain. <laughs> but like it'll be two oh. days, and I still won't have got the office working, and I haven't yeah. even started on the problem I was trying to solve. You know. I'll be great. Actually, my greatest misery or or uh, the thing that's the greatest tragedy is uh, back in the day when you were doing, uh, you know, the press and click a button to log in or all that type of stuff. Twitter's API was really easy to use. It was one of the my go tos for, oh, OK, I just, you know, I need to set up like one click login. I'll just use Twitter because it works. <laughs> that's all gone to rack and ruin now, unfortunately. Um, rack and ruins <laughs> describes it well. Yeah, uh, I was thinking back to some of the mad nonsense we built in 2007 on Twitter because we could, because it was easy. It was good, it was, you know, yeah. There you go. Uh, the, the funny thing about the Twitter API, if anybody remember, remembers using it before you had to pay, um, it was such a great example of technical debt. I don't know if you remember the, the JSON you used to get back from Twitter. It was just full of all these duplicated fields and then you could see people had tried to rename fields to be more sensible or be more consistent i think it was like camel case and underscores <laughs> just and then it was and they had to support everything of course because they couldn't break stuff so you ended up with this i don't know it was three times bigger than it needed to be right per tweet or something um but i think they did something right which was i don't think they they don't really they didn't really do versioning did they like it was it, they just tried to maintain backwards oh. compatibility there was one big leap. I can't remember what year. Yeah, I think it was, there was a yeah, maybe it's 2012, 2013 when they yeah. cracked down on everything. There was there was that yeah. kind of one one gigantic leap. But anyway, they like they, they with the, they didn't even have Jeff Rell, but they had the right mindset. They had the right mindset. Know? That was that's and that that that's the thing, right? The mindset was there. Um speaking of docs, I have yet to see anybody. So, for example, if you go to uh, the Vue.js website, they make wonderful use of Algolia, right? Algolia clearly sponsors them, and you get these wonderful docs for a really cool open source project. But I've yet to see either open source or commercial APIs that fully leverage uh, things like ChatGPT properly right now you can go to ChatGPT yourself and ask it yeah. to do things i've done that when somebody asked me to write swagger docs recently and it was all going wonderfully until it started hallucinating bits of the swagger spec that would have been really useful to have but just totally didn't exist <laughs> right because oh. it's it's uh it's kind of open-ended uh but have you seen anybody using it effectively right not in production, like we, like everybody else on the planet, are playing around with it in the background, you know, basically dumping all of our our, our content into it to try and get re and we're getting some results, but it's it's one of those. I had this conversation with some old workmates yesterday, and it's you know the concepts of safety and guardrails and all of that. Um, it's it, you know, 
it it's fine when you get 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 given something you know is wrong, but at the same time, like that's you consuming your own stuff, putting that out there and not being sure you're actually giving the right the right answers in inverted commas, I think is is probably what's yeah okay putting most people off. Right. So it would be really cool to go to the accidents to website and say, oh, you know, how do I do this thing? Give me the code for it and get a hundred lines of code or two hundred. That's where but we are, but genuinely, and like everybody else, that's where we want to get to for like our customers. Like, you know, we're not open source or anything like that, but for 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 our customer base and their developers, we want them just to be able to ask questions and you know, oh. particularly the sample stuff, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you could have a sample written in Ruby, and then I could say, Oh, give it to me in Node or give it to me in Python, right? Now that would be awesome. That, like when when you think like we're like any company our age like you know we have generations of APIs and SDKs and all of that but like you know we're going through um, a process going from uh, like the, the kind of the previous generation was a lot of Go now we're moving to much more TypeScript based um, yeah. and even to just say <laughs> for a TypeScript developer who doesn't want to have to go. I would just say, can you just explain all of that to me, please? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then I can go and I could do it in TypeScript. There's like it's it's really it's kind of basic stuff, but it is very potentially very very. Hard. But the issue you're saying, or the nervousness, is around if it generates something that's incorrect or does crazy stuff. Do you feel there's a there's a business exposure there? I I think so, and I I, I think there's lots of um niches and verticals where it, won't, it just won't be acceptable so you know it's as i said it's fine when you're doing stuff internally you don't care if you're i don't know i guess if it's your if it's an open source project people will have a, a, a like a you know an expect how would i put it they don't mind but if a customer is paying you a large amount of money um to use your system and you're just giving it bad information and you've got developers who are taking stuff and trying to use whatever and it's just not working i i i think there's there's that's potentially problematic um and and we even see it i i've seen it with um with customers and effectively the auto generation of content for example where as you know people who spend their time on youtube and tiktok told me say were comfortable with you know, high volume, let's say low quality content. Yeah. I want to a better description. Whereas um, that's not the case necessarily with certain customer styles and certain customer, but where it's like, you know, highly curated, highly structured approach to everything. So this idea that you're going to give me some info and I'm not sure whether it's right or not, they're not in that space yet at all. They could get there, but you know. Whereas I take the, I don't know if you saw the um um the comment the other day about the hallucination stuff that it's a feature, not a bug. Um, yeah, yeah. That's just what that's it. Like but that's, that's so what they do. Do a swagger spec and it generates <laughs> like random properties that aren't real. <laughs> and I and I, at a really basic level, and actually, I mean, I I know lots of people have, have been in this space, but talking specifically about like APIs and versions of APIs and so on. I was using, um, I was again being lazy, you know, it was basically write me a script to process, you know, a thousand PDFs and generate markdown from them, right? And the code that was generated, PyPDF2, blah, 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 boom, you run it and it goes, 
nah, wrong. Doesn't work. That's that 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 yeah. API has been deprecated. And that was the yeah. Case. That was the issue. It was using it was using an older so the so whatever wherever it had crawled its info, it was an older version. And like fine as a human, like it takes me five minutes to fix that. But but it's um you and your docs into a customer who's paying you money and it's going, your bloody your bloody yeah. system is telling me the wrong thing. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe everybody will get used to it. Um um I don't know. We 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 can only see. Yeah, because it just feels like there's so much potential there, right? Because one of one of my biggest issues I have with API documentation across the board uh, is the lack of sample apps, right? Because uh, even code snippets of like how to use a specific method are sometimes not enough. You need to see the whole thing in context, um, and it, you know even. Even to the extent of there's a sample app that I can just cut and paste. Hopefully, it's MIT or something commercial friendly and turn it into a microservice, and I'm off to the races. Um, but often, you're left really trying to pull the whole thing together yourself, and end up looking at reference documentation and that sort of thing. You know, uh, very few people do that well, and understandably so, because maintaining a reasonable size app is a lot of work. Um, and then if you have different people maintaining it, they start renaming variables and all this sort of crazy stuff. Um, so that would be something awesome if you could if you could generate that type of code. Um, but from your perspective, you're saying it just it's just not reliable enough. I'm sorry, I, I, what I really mean is for a particular customer base. I think that's right. that that's that's the point. And uh, a particular uh, certain verticals where you know they're just not going to accept um, fuzziness, the kind of fuzziness we're we're comfortable with. It you know they're they're sort of people who are on rails a lot of the time with with what they're doing. I think that's really interesting what you're saying about the apps. Like we're going through a process right now of what is the set of um, apps we want to maintain. You know, between demos, you know, bootstrap apps, you know, all of these various things that we've done over the years. What's a set that as a small company we can successfully maintain? Um, and is it a case that we, you know, we get to point X and it's human generated? And then from then on, potentially the maintenance and the rest of it gets gets auto-generated. That would be phenomenal for us. I'm sure you've been looking at the is it TL draw? What's the tool on? Twitter, where you can draw your UI and it generates the code. And then it generates, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it generates the front end for you. Like, this is like, it's things like that where you're going, oh, I can wait for this to be like, you know, solid. But the thing is, okay. So I don't, I don't know, do you share this perspective? Because I, I, I often say that to develop, developers and engineers that join us is that there's different types of code at different quality levels. So if, you, if I'm writing a back end batch process involving financial transactions, that's a whole different level of quality to unit tests or batch scripts or uh, even the user interface, right? So user interface, uh, you know, you can, I actually had asked one of our, our engineers to kind of dial down the unit testing a little bit on the user interface because a lot of the bugs are either completely obvious because the damn thing just won't load, right? <laughs> um, or, uh, very clear visually within two seconds. So you get a very you get a very fast feedback loop on user interface code. So it's not necessary to have 
80% coverage like it is for backend or library code. Um, so I wouldn't be too unhappy with generated user interface code per se. Uh, but it would have to have it would have to be on the basis of some sort of framework. I mean, if, if I asked ChatGPT to generate a relatively complex React app, I'd be nervous about maintaining that long term, right? But actually, it goes back to the, and th th this is the complexity thing again, where everything, and, and I'm, I'm talking about myself, and everything I've been doing, like even on a personal basis, has been snippets, has been scripts. It's like write me a Python thing to do X yeah. or Y. Yeah. It hasn't been scaffold an entire expo app for me that does the following. Um, because that's a, a whole orders of magnitude of complexity there. I've and seen, it's back to the sample yeah. app thing again. Like that's that's a non-trivial. It's non-trivial. And I've seen I've seen uh sort of stealth startups and people attempting that. And I've I've had a few demos and it's tough. It's a really hard problem. Like, I mean, do you the thing is, right? Here's here's the other question. I know we're neither of us are machine learning experts, right? So no, we can just, no, we can no, just no, make no, it up no. as we go. We're, 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 I'm a complete we're, spoofer on this. <laughs> we're doing gen, we're doing retrieval augmented generation in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, it does feel a little bit like um so with the iPhone, right? iPhone one came out and then iPhone two, and iPhone two was like way better, and three was you know, it was it was it was better again, but it wasn't quite as good. And now, what iPhone do we have? I didn't, 13, 14, I who cares, right? Because I'm an Android head, so I have no idea. Like, they all look the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, I mean, same for Android, right? It's, it's like you get a few yeah. extra pixels on the camera. So what, right? It's like an S-curve. So the, the question is, what's going to happen with GPT-5 and 6, right? We've seen this huge increase in quality of results, but... Is there going to be a fundamental limit? And if there is, and if we're kind of close to it, the quality, now the speed might go up dramatically, right? It's still really expensive. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing is about generating stuff faster and cheaper. But the actual quality, that's that's the question, right? So is it ever going to get to the point where it can generate a sample app where you can say, here's a you know, here's a, I don't know, here's a, a sample 10-page spec for an app that uses Axonista. And I want a sample app, reasonable quality, not total production, but a starting point for production quality. It runs. Yeah. And it runs. And it's good architecture. Standard, let's say, Ruby on Rails architecture. Yeah. Good choice of third-party plugins. Will we get there? Uh, I actually think I think we will. It, it may be that it's LLMs plus a whole pile of other stuff, but I, I mean, I've been really paying a lot of attention to the whole open source side of things, yeah. not necessarily just ChatGPT side of things. So I'm here with like LM Studio, and so we say, oh, we've got you know whatever version of Mistral plus this or or, or whatever, but it's it's optimized. You know, the ones that are optimized for code and and. Whether I have their Hermes 2.5, this is great at this. And like downloading these and seeing when you start going vertical specific, there's I think there's a there's a huge amount of potential there that, that the surface is barely being scratched. I, yeah. I, I really yeah. do. Um, and I don't think it's a case of it's just 
you know, it's a trillion parameters or, or I don't because that's what they're even seeing in the past couple of weeks, that some of these uh, downloadable um, OSS models, it's it's not the size of the, the you know, the, the number of parameters and so on. It's actually how the thing operates. So I, I actually think we're, we're at... We're at mosaic. This kind of goes really old school. We're at mosaic level here. Yeah, we haven't even yeah. got to Netscape yet um, with this stuff. Um, and okay. you know, there's going to be inflection points like the JavaScript inflection point or the XML HTTP request inflection point. Like these places where somebody makes a fundamental giant leap, like we had, you know, in the past kind of twelve months. Okay. So I like that. I'm going to bring it back full circle, right, to developer relations, because <laughs> isn't it the case on that basis, right, that the developer relations people, the dev advocates, are going to be some of the first people to actually make full use of that because we need it, right? The the, the breakthroughs of co-generation coming from machine learning are probably going to happen in the developer relations space. That's that where is the need is, right? Generating sample apps and yeah. support right. use cases. And it has to be high quality, like you just said, right? Uh, and and you just it. fired all your DevRels. So. No, it's the rude. opposite. Like, I always, <laughs> not you guys, like, not you guys, obviously. No, but, no, but know, I actually, anybody who did. I always, <laughs> I always say this, and I genuinely mean it. I am of the you know, um, optimist uh, side of all of this, that it's enabling people to do more. So, you know, we, we have that with, with, with some of our customers where we're, we're giving um, content curators tools that enable them to do more in eight hours a day that they weren't able to do before. And they were just, you know, buried with work. We're actually making their lives easier. And I think it's the same with this. It'll be, you know, every DevRel, I've never seen a bored DevRel. Like every <laughs> DevRel on the planet is flat out. Um, trying to juggle all of these things. And if you can just, on that side of it, you know, be able to support more customers doing more things in unusual ways. Um, and it, it is having, like it is, I still think that human curation piece everywhere is just so important. So these two, they're, they're phenomenal. And you've got the human here filtering it, saying, I think this is suitable for you. I think this will help you here, you know. Um, but also, they're the people doing the experimentation. I think that's what's the, the exciting thing with DevRel as well. There, they're just going to see all these. Right, what? Which one of these is going to make my life easier? And and the, the discoveries, the old, you know, that's interesting. And suddenly, oh my God, you've just made a like a fundamental yeah. um, discovery there with, with what you're doing. And that requires the CFOs to allow for a few people in the company to be, you know. Pottering away, just doing mad science. Um, but that pottering away, like I, I when I look at, um, and we, we, you know, we both worked in Nearform. When I look at the pottering that went on there over many years, um, and the outputs from it, like they're still impacting people all over the world. If you look at what um, Matteo has done and uh, Matteo oh, yeah. has done around Fastify and everything, he's on James. James Snell, you know, all of HTTP2, all of HTTP3, all of these things, like that, the echoes from... Oh, completely, completely. Let, letting I, I, a couple I, I, of people... I'm going to claim, I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim some part in, in uh, Mateo's brilliance, because Mateo is just one of those one-in-a-million devs, right? He just, oh, he yeah. just, just mind-melts with the machine. 
Um, what used to happen on a recurring basis in Earform is I would write some open source, a library or something like a plugin loader, and I would do it badly because <laughs> I'm not very good dev. <laughs> Mateo would look at it and go, yeah, I'm going to rewrite that. And then he would rewrite it brilliantly, right? <laughs> and it was, and then inevitably I would be like, okay, I think I'll just use Mateo's version because <laughs> it's way better. Uh, I wrote, uh, yeah, I wrote this, um, I wrote this JSON parser and uh, he was like, it's too slow. It's too slow. It's too slow. He rewrote it. And his version of course was faster, way faster. But um, well, actually, that's that's been he, uh, Mateo and all all of that that team. The the huge influence they had on me, not 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 just open source and so on. It was this obsession with speed, and it has stuck with me. And yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's amazing to have. We were talking again. We were talking about metrics to have one metric that's your driving force with everything you do, and and causes you to create in, in Mateo and the guy's case these amazing things because you go, I want that to be faster. Uh, I think I can build something that's faster than Express. I think I can build something that's faster than. Um, uh, request, you know, all of these things, and from it just being driven by like the need for speed. Um, you, need to, you see, the thing is, in, in a commercial software development project, you just have to get the features done. And if they're a bit yes. slow, well, hey, feature complete, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. Uh, you need to create that space. Um, and in a lot of companies, it's the developer advocates who are doing that, right? Because the teams, buying a business teams, are too busy. They don't have downtime. Um, they don't. They don't have conference-driven development. Do you remember that term? Did you come across? Oh, that? I haven't heard that in a long oh, that's, time. Next time you're talking to Mateo, talk to him about that. Right? That's, that's where a great. I'm literally. Great term. I'm literally in that position now. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, I will have done my talk. But I've committed to doing a talk about um, retrieval augmented generation, uh, applying it to podcasts. And Ooh. the talk is in three weeks' time. And Sure, I haven't written a line of code yet. <laughs> but uh, you know, unlike commercial deadlines, it's utterly non-negotiable. You have to turn up on the night, and you got to have your that is working. Uh, so true. Actually, right. when you and the 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 over, you know, the through the night trying to get the damn thing, yeah. get the demo working because the demo exactly. was working. And exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Conference-driven development, right? Connor, I will leave you with that. I will leave you with that. You could go torment Lovely your time. colleagues in Axonista with that one. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I'm, I'm actually. We're going to. We're going. That's our new thing. No. Yeah. yeah. Conference server development with speed, and I'm. That's all I need. Yeah. That's all I need. Non, to keep non-negotiable me deadlines year. for sure. <laughs> uh, but you get a beer afterwards, which is which is good. All righty. Mm-hmm. I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amelia, for that. You can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on the podcast section of our website, voxgeek.com/podcast. Subscribe to the VoxGig Developer Relations Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or any podcasting platform. We publish each Tuesday and Thursday. You can also access the archive of our meetup talks on the VoxGig YouTube channel or the VoxGig website. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.